Amazon is making widespread layoffs in its devices and services division amid reports that Alexa and Echo are losing as much as $10 billion a year. So what went wrong? For a perspective on this question, I got in touch this week with Charlie Kindle, also known as Tigger, a Seattle tech industry veteran who was one of the early leaders of the Alexa team at Amazon. But as you'll hear, he wasn't the only one with something to say. What's your take on all of this? There was no doubt that when Alexa first launched and we started to get traction that there was some real magic in the customer experience that it enabled. And um, From HardwareTailing.com. Traction Magic by Gaia Enterprises is a chemical-free and environmentally safe compound This is exactly why Amazon is in the bind they're in right now. The fundamentals are still broken. So where should Amazon go from here? And what does all this say about the future of voice interaction technology in the home? I'm GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop. We'll explore those questions coming up. And this just in, stay tuned to the end for new comments about the future of Alexa from Amazon CEO Andy Jassy. In his more than five years at Amazon, from 2013 to 2018, Kindle led Alexa product management before building and running the Alexa smart home team. He's now a consultant and a startup advisor in areas including space exploration but he's still an avid Alexa user who follows the industry closely and he's rooting for his former team. I left Amazon in in 2018. And as far as I can tell, the fundamentals of how Alexa works have not gotten any better since then. She does a lot more. It's a much broader ecosystem and a much broader set of capabilities and devices. There was a time when Jeff said he wanted to have every square on the chessboard filled out. And that certainly happened, but they're just barely touching the chessboard. And so these fundamental things like her speaking up when you didn't say anything or not understanding fundamental things like, you know, which lights to turn on or which room you're referencing, um, they're very frustrating. And or or simple things like uh, Amazon Music, which you'd think that Alexa and Amazon would get right over, say, Spotify or Tidal. It just stops playing in the middle of a playlist. It's a testament to the strategy that was put down back then and what has happened with the massive investment to date, where I think the people on the team haven't been allowed Allowed's not, it's a strong way of saying it, but they haven't been able to focus on fixing a lot of the things that, that we built early on and we knew were scaffolding because we were moving really fast and we were shipping prototypes. And those prototypes are now the fundamentals of how Alexa works and they're fragile. And so I think, I think that's a, a, a big part of, you know, why there's a softening in interest. Um, there's a sense that, you know, maybe it isn't as great as we thought it would be is because I think a lot of those fundamentals are broken. The strategy, which made sense early on to invest in every capability that came up to see what would stick and what customers would like um, and do that very broadly, very rapidly was the right strategy. But I get the sense that that strategy went on way too long without finding and really bearing down on the the core fundamental features that that really make the product work 
the fundamental things around natural language understanding and wake word activation and entity resolution, those things still don't work very well. And it's really disappointing as a, now just as a customer. You know, I still use it. I, I went for a while using Google Home when I was at, at a home technology company. I was at Control 4 and I, we had to support that. So I used Google Home, but I shifted back. I've tried Siri on and off. I still use Alexa in this house that I'm in now. I have four or five Alexa devices. And more often than not, I'm frustrated. The other day, my daughter was going to go with some friends to the Pacific Science Center. And I asked Alexa, how much is a kid's ticket to the Pacific Science Center? And I thought to myself, I know that Alexa is not going to be able to tell me the answer to that. But in the back of my mind, I think she should. I got a bunch of here's what I found on the web answers. And then, uh, by the way, did you know I can do this answer? Ah. Which drives me nuts, totally drives me nuts. When you talk about the ways that Alexa is not doing the fundamentals as well as you might think she should at this point, and here we're personifying Alexa, I recognize, which might be controversial with some. But at any rate, what are you thinking about when you think about the things that Alexa should be doing that she's not? It depends on the scenario or the domain you're talking about. We'll use music for for a, a use case. You would expect that if you told Alexa to start playing a playlist on Amazon Music, that it would continue playing until you know the end of the day. But it just stops randomly. It just stops playing for no good reason. Multi-room music where you have multiple echo devices and um, you've bonded them together to play it as a music group. Every once in a while, one of the groups won't play. And there's no way to diagnose this. There's, you, know, you have no idea what you did wrong or what the system did wrong. And those are just fundamental things that should just work. Um, in the smart home scenario, which is you know later on after I, I ran all the product management, I shifted over and we started the smart home effort. And, and then I spent the bulk of the time when I worked on Alexa building that out. And, you know, the first version of the smart home capability we launched, it was a prototype. The team moved very fast. They built an integration with Philips Hue and Wemo switches. And it was so delightful. It was so obvious that it was killer. We just launched it. And then we set about fixing it and doing it right. And over the next couple of months, by the, by the summer of, or the end of the summer 2015, we had launched the, uh, the smart home skills kit and, uh, and sort of did it right and then got mass adoption. But even in that, uh, we shipped a lot of stuff that was just scaffolding because we were moving so fast. My sense, talking to people who are still on the team or people who have left recently, and just my sense of using it is those things we knew we needed to fix and, and re-engineer to do right, they're still the same old scaffolding. When I think about Alexa and Echo, I think in part about the annual devices event where Dave Limp, the head of the group, stands up. And there have been times as a reporter when I felt like just sort of standing up. Obviously, I'd never do this, but I felt like standing up and saying, enough, enough. I mean, you've announced dozens of things here. And as you're speaking, it makes me wonder if this is a case of a group's focus being too broad and not deep enough, not prioritizing. Am I on the right track? You are. It's a deliberate strategy. And and uh, and I, I think for a time it was the right strategy. I think that in the last couple of years, it wasn't. And the way it works is you get into the, you know, the, the early, the late fall, you know, end of the calendar year, start thinking about the following fall launch of products 
and, and writing what's called an OP1 document or an OP2 document um, that, that outlines what the teams are going to build over the, and, and what they're going to get funded for and hire against to build to try and launch in the fall. And it's always new stuff. It's, you know, let's go after this next new idea or this thing that we, we've heard these customers really want this. So let's go big in this next new area. You know, it, you know right around the time when I was in the, the throes of this, it was the idea of coming out with the Echo Show, which had a display. And now we're adding the ability to have, you know, graphical user interface as part of the uh, accompanying the voice user interface. And that dominated everybody's engineering efforts. You had to go and think through, well, what does it mean to show smart home stuff, you know, in a, uh, on a, you know, little, little round circular three inch display um, while you're also trying to make voice delightful. And at the time, I think adding graphical, the graphical experience was the right thing to do. It was the right strategy. Um, but that seemed to have continued for, for the last, you know, three or four years. Every fall, whether it's robots or, you know, the, the, the kids stuff, it just, it, it, I, the, I know the teams are just struggling with, with being able to work on the fundamentals because remember, not only the other thing taught is during this time, there's been massive hiring. I mean, even it was relatively meager when I was running the smart home team started with seven people in the, you know, the summer of 2015. And the team was 330, 350 when I left in 2018. That wasn't even one of the bigger organizations in terms of growth. And so you're, you're not only trying to ship new features, but engineer and fix all the stuff and keep the lights on for all the stuff you've already launched, but you're in the throes of bringing on tons of new people constantly. And it just wears the organization down when it gets to that level of scale. We'll be right back after this. I wanted a career in IT, but I didn't know where to start. WGU makes it simple. Their accredited online degree programs cover all kinds of IT specialties, and they have valuable industry certifications built in at no extra cost. The payoff? Having those certs back up my degree makes me look even better to future employers. A nonprofit university that includes top industry certs in their programs? I choose WGU. Learn more at wgu.edu backslash IT certs included. Is what you're describing in terms of the functionality and some of the shortcomings a failure of Amazon or does it reflect the broader challenges facing the industry and the adoption and the evolution of voice assistance and voice technology in the home? I think it's a little bit of both. The The model that the strategy that Amazon followed and Jeff really pushed hard for, which is to go broad, is a part of that. But uh, voice is hard. And you know, there was always this thing back in the, you know, I, I worked on a voice synthesis thing when I was in high school in, you know, 1984. Um, and there was, so there was always this dream of being able to control the computer with voice. And there's a recognition that for it to really, really work well, it had to work as close to 100% of the time as you can imagine. And Alexa got really close. Um, I don't remember the numbers for, we, we had a, some metric we used for measuring the accuracy of voice responses. And we were in the, you know, the 80s and the 90s and some things, which was really good, but it's not good enough. Because when I'm talking to you, even if I stutter or I say, um, or something, you're 
close to 100% of the time, you're going to understand what I said. And if you look at Google Home or Voice Assistant, whatever Google calls it now, or, or Siri, they suffer from the same thing. Siri still is not very good relative to talking to a human. And so I think it's a fundamental technology thing that I think we thought maybe we diluted ourselves a little bit back in 2015, 2016, that we were going to solve those last couple of percent problems really quickly. And they haven't been solved. It's still a, not a great experience for a lot of customers. I tend to think of things in terms of operating systems and applications. And it strikes me that Alexa is kind of all over the place in some ways. In some ways, it's an operating system for the home or it aspires to be. And in other ways, it appears that Amazon is trying to put forward applications and not just be a platform. Is it possible that it's gotten lost somewhere in between those two worlds and doesn't really know its role? No, I don't. I actually don't think so, Todd. I think I think actually that's what you. If you're trying to build a virtuous platform, you actually want that tension. You know that we think about Microsoft and and the platforms that were created, whether it was Windows or now what Office being a platform. They weren't built as platforms. They were built as something that end customers found useful. At the same time, I, I have fairly strongly held opinions on this. There aren't very many examples, if any, of computing platforms that were created first as a platform and became virtuous and highly successful. They, they don't exist. I'll get people argue that Java became that, but Java is basically irrelevant today. It's not a virtuous platform. So it, it isn't a good, good answer. The things that have taken off and become that, it created that cycle, whether it's Windows, the Mac, iOS, Facebook, those things had fundamental value to end customers first. And then the APIs came. And then the platformization came. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think it, that, I think Amazon has it right it, relative to Alexa in that way. It's just not enough. There isn't enough cut-through experiences that benefit the third-party app developers, skill developers, to truly make it virtuous. But the general strategy, I think, is right. What would you do to fix it? I would take a step back. I would reduce the size of the organization significantly. I would take a step back and I'd say, we're going to spend a period of time going back to the basics and making sure that the existing customers that we have that use the product are truly delighted. And through that, we will find those things that we can monetize and be able to figure out how to fund this moving forward. Because that's the other part about it is other than Smart home driving retail sales of smart home devices, which was very profitable for Amazon, and you know not losing business on hardware sales. It is somewhat profitable. The margins were pretty good on the device sales. Um, as far as I know, there's nothing else that's made any money. So do you think then that they're on the right path, potentially, with this move that they've made to, to make these cutbacks? I think so. Um, I, I guess I hope so. I mean, I'm a fan and I have a lot of friends that are still there and I'd like to see it be successful and not, you know, wither on the vine. It's what I would have done. I would have, I would have paused, made deep cuts and gone back to fundamentals. What does this say about the potential for voice technologies in the home? And has it changed your viewpoint at all on that potential as you've watched the evolution and now the struggles of Alexa to to gain traction? I think in that time period, I fundamentally believed that the future was nearer than it is. Um, And, uh, but I think, I think it is still, 
out there. It is something that that as a as a civilization, we're going to continue to get closer and closer to computers being able to interact with us in the same way we interact with each, with each other. And voice is a part of that. Um, it's it's going to continue to happen. And there's there's going to be some breakthroughs. I have no idea what they are, but just as the the fundamental things that the original Alexa team did that drove some real breakthroughs and step functions in usability, there's going to be more of them. A little surprised over the last couple of years, there haven't been any really big bang things that have come out of any of the tech giants in this regard, but they'll come. I'm optimistic. Charlie Tigger Kindle worked at Amazon from 2013 to 2018. He's now a consultant and a startup advisor in areas including space exploration. In late breaking news, Amazon CEO Andy Jassy addressed a question about Alexa from journalist Andrew Ross Sorkin at the New York Times Dealbook Summit on Wednesday morning. The whole dream of Alexa and Echo, I thought, was that everybody would have these in their homes and therefore they would then buy lots of stuff on them. Has that not been realized? Well, you know, you have to be careful what you believe and what you read. You know, you probably know this well. And, and, and uh, you know, it, um, you know I, I think there was some, mis- there was yep. some misreporting that was, that was going on the last few weeks. But, uh, you know, I actually... I'm, I'm really pleased and optimistic with our devices business. Of course, devices, there's a lot of individual devices that are part of our devices division. In the case of Alexa, you know, we, we have a couple hundred million endpoints that customers are using. It has very significant traction, and it's also driving a lot of e-commerce shopping, you know, that sometimes it's hard to capture. You have to look at both the direct commerce it's, it's driving, and of course you can account for that lots of different places, but then also there are a lot of actions people take that lead them to buy, like putting things on shopping right. lists and things like that. So Alexa is, is driving, it's got a, a lot of traction in endpoints, it's driving a lot of e-commerce. If we were trying to build a smart, the best smart speaker, that would be a different investment than what we're trying to do, which is to build the world's best personal AI or assistant. That's a much more expansive investment, and we really believe in that vision, and we like the traction of where we are. But it's not a couple-year vision. It's a multi-year vision, as a lot of the big bets that we make are. That's Amazon CEO Andy Jassy speaking with Andrew Ross Sorkin at the New York Times Dealbook Summit on Wednesday morning. Thanks for listening. I'm GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop. We'll be back soon with a new episode of the GeekWire podcast.